So our child has been planning endlessly for Halloween, which is her favorite holiday. And in fact, she signed up to help with coffee hour today. So she really, really wanted to honor the holiday with all of you. And she's been planning so long that over the summer, she was talking to me about it and she bemoaned her school's policy of no costumes for Halloween. And she wanted me to do something about it, but I told her, no, you take care of it. So she started planning and then she started organizing and she organized her classmates with the guidance of her division head to advocate to the head of her school for costumes on Halloween. Since the school has been founded, they have not allowed costumes for Halloween. Now, we had that conversation over the summer, and I had forgotten all about it until, until I got an email a few weeks ago, <laughs> months after she had the idea, that members of her grade had made a convincing presentation to the head of school who reversed this decades-long policy, and now the children and the teachers can show up on Tuesday in appropriate costumes to celebrate. Yay! Aren't you proud? That's my baby girl. So I was really excited for that news. Now, some of you may be saying, hmm, Pastor, are you okay with Halloween? Now, some of you, how many of you grew up in, uh, with a parent or a big mama or somebody influential in your life who was saved and did not like Halloween, <laughs> right? So in a number of Christian circles, celebrating Halloween is a no-no. And I'm going to give you my position on this if you'd like it. So I think, like anything else, it depends on exactly what it is that you're celebrating. Halloween comes from the celebration of All Hallows' Eve, which is the day before All Saints Day. All Saints Day is November 1st, but like I said, we're celebrating it today because it's Sunday. So as a playful way to engage the grave, pun intended, the grave issue of death, I think, I think it's fun. And if it leads to someone worshiping something other than God or someone other than God, then that's something else. But I, I've never seen that happen, honestly. So at the root, though, is the issue of death. And that, for certain, is something that our faith has something very strong to say about. And I'd love to engage that with you today. For as long as I can remember, I've not been particularly afraid of death. But dying, that I am scared of. One of the most sacred components of my role as a pastor is that I have the incredible privilege of accompanying people through the dying process. And I get to talk and to pray with people as they do their own form of living grief. And part, and fear is certainly part of this, but I really like life and I'm grateful for it and I personally want to keep living. So though I don't think of it often, dying, the dying process is scary to me. Some of you 
I know, take a very different approach. And your faith is embedded so deeply in such a way that even dying isn't scaring, scary to you. And I won't call you out, but you're known to the congregation. But one of the greatest gifts, I think, that this faith, our faith, the faith birthed with Jesus Christ, is this. It is written. It is already written. It is already determined what happens to you and to me and to all of God's creation when we die. And what is written? Our text from Matthew 27, which is the very end of the story of Jesus's murder. Our text gives us that template. The evangelist says, Jesus cried with a loud voice and relinquished his spirit. And I want you to notice something here. He wasn't thrilled with what happened. He cried with a loud voice. He was being brutally executed. And accordingly, he cried. He cried out. He was not happy about this. But then, after that, there's peace. He relinquishes in Dr. Gaffney's translation. Another way of hearing it, though, is from the King James, which I, I really love here. I find their language very helpful, especially for today. Jesus, when he cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And the way the gospel describes this moment helps us to build a framework for that transition from the living to the dying. And here's the gist of it. In death, something comes to an end, but not everything does. That's key. Something ends, but not everything does. And that transition point from our way of living in these bodies we've been given to another form of living, the text um, in the Greek calls it um, aphiomi, which can be translated to, to send away, to send forth, to yield up, to keep no longer, to leave. And the end of the dying process is essentially a surrender to the next phase of living. And for today, I want to offer two things about this surrender. First, when Jesus died, you know what happened, right? The earth was shaken and the rocks were split. And this wasn't just an earthquake or some kind of natural disaster. No, what the evangelist means is that the whole earth was shaken. It wasn't a local phenomenon. It wasn't just there. The whole earth shook. And when Jesus died, the earth did quake and the rocks rent and it shook the earth so hard that it began to awake the dead from their slumber. And after he was resurrected, so were they. And with that, the template changed for them and for us and also for all of our dearly departed too. Today, we observe All Saints Day, and I love this day because it's a time within the context of worship to remember our dearly departed and to thank God for them. And today's text gives us such an important insight into how we interact with life on that other shore. Notice what it says 
they came out of their tombs and appeared to many, it says. And that rings true to me because I do believe that there is a way that those who have died continue to appear to us. I hear this from so many of you. you. You might sense their presence in some sort of feeling or in some sort of meaningful conveyance or in a dream. It happens, not all the time, but it does happen a lot. And what I want you to understand is that sometimes you tell me about this and you're kind of shy to share this, and you don't need to be because it shows up in the Bible. The gospel says that recognizing their presence is okay, it happened. It is biblical even. And for many of us, that can be a comfort. My grandfather, who I always preach about on All Saints, he was a pastor and people knew him as Doc Edmonds. And granddad was my best friend, and whenever I make a major mistake in my ministry, I feel him like sitting on my shoulder like, Kaji, and he points it out. But then he nudges me towards the resolution. He and I are in constant communication. Not so much for me, but for some of you, there are those who've departed who aren't as dear. And the idea of their presence or proximity might actually not be a, pre a comfort, and I want to acknowledge that. And to you, I say with utter reverence and care, this. I truly, truly believe that God handles and cleanses our imperfections in the next life. That when the dead are raised, their inclinations, our inclinations to do wrong, they're just, there's no place for that in God's realm. And that, I hope, can come as a comfort. It doesn't necessarily heal past memories, but it does give you a path to peace. Your peace. And I want you to hear that. Your peace is coming. It is written. As I close, I want to bring this point even closer to home, if it wasn't already. Death is an ending, but from the context of the Christian faith, death isn't always about the cessation of life. What it is, is an ending. A relationship can die. A job can die. A plan, an arrangement, even a dream, all of that can die. But in God's scheme, that's just a moment. It's a pause before resurrection because it is written. God already knows what is in store for you. God hears you, sees you, but is not anxious for you because the beauty of your story, your resurrections, your new days, your new moments of life, all of this is already written. And I want you to remember that, please. But first, you gotta relinquish. Relinquish whatever it is that is dying and needs to die. Give it to God, who knows just what to do with it. And know this, when you are going through the fire, that resurrection is written. When you have no idea how you're gonna make it through, it is written. 
when you cannot imagine taking another step forward, it is written, look, I've been there. You may not see a way through. You may actually only see an end. But that's the thing about our God is that every single ending is precisely when God steps in to give you a new beginning. And that is what is written, my friends. Our God, your God, has already prepared a place for you. The table is set. The doors are open. All things are made new. So behold, beloved, your new day is written. And let the church say, amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this element of worship. We are so grateful that you have entrusted the park with this moment to hear music, to listen to the word of God, whatever it may be. And we just ask for your support. The park only functions with the generous donations of people like you. And 100% of your donation goes to the incredible ministries of this church, which give and give and give again. Thank you for the ways that you give in advance and for all that you might be ready to give in the future. God bless you and amen.